You're listening to RHR Talks, the podcast where the RHR team talks all things recruitment and advertising. We're going to be covering various topics on which we're regularly asked by candidates and hiring managers and offering our industry insight, which we hope you'll find useful, whether you're looking for that next opportunity or just to find the best talent. I'm Paul Walsh, one of the consultants at RHR. Each week, I'm going to be joined by my colleague and now podcast co-host, Tim McGuire. Tim and I are going to be talking with recruitment and advertising experts from various areas of our business. This week, we're going to be chatting all things networking, CVs, and applications. You're the guinea pig for this, Tim, because you're the first person that is on this, and this is the first recording that we're doing. Tim, do you want to introduce yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, sure. My name's Tim. Definitely already said that. I've been with RHR for the last three years. I've dealt with all the way from mass retail on the shop floor to head of retail for Europe. Uh, I've worked on purchasing managers, buying managers, merchandising. If you, if it's in the retail industry, I've probably recruited for us. I've been with RHR seven years in September, which is... Is it seven years already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So seven years in September, I'm one of the consultants. I work really closely with Tim, quite similar to Tim, actually. The, the positions that I tend to recruit for are quite broad, typically within that retail, hospitality, leisure, healthcare, remit um, across various different functions. So operations, HR, finance, a bit of property. There's buying and merchandising, of course. So again, very similar to the Tim. If it's within that area, we've we've probably touched upon it at some point or another. And it is anything from volume, lower level recruitment, all the way up to sort of director level appointments and more retained search assignments. So pretty much whatever our client needs, we pretty much have done, haven't we? Basically, yeah. And we've recruited in areas where we didn't even know existed. Yeah. So (laughs) what we want to talk about today is it's essentially three topics in one, but they're all quite linked, I would say. Yeah, I would definitely say, yeah, they will kind of merge into one. Yeah. And it's almost like a uh, part of the initial job seeking process. And a, a lot of questions that I get asked, I don't know if you do, Tim, around basically how to start when your job search is either forced upon you, unfortunately, or you're just quite new to it. So Tim, talk us through what we're going to be covering today. What are the three areas? The three main areas we're going to cover today is networking, um, CV, so whether that's do's or don'ts, you know, the insight of what a CV is for, and what a client or a, a business might see from a CV, and applications about, you know, getting your CV to the right people and getting, well, your profile to the right people. Yeah, uh, it's going to be more of a conversation. And I think it, we're going to look at, it's probably best to look at these things separately, but you'll probably see the link as we continue talking about it. So networking is a word, I think it's a word that scares so many people and people know what it is, but they don't necessarily know how to go about it. Do you find that? Yeah, I think I, I, I talk about networking. I feel like I'm at some fancy party that I've never met anyone before and everyone's got bow ties and you have to talk to someone you never spoke to before. But I guess for me, networking is basically just getting yourself across to other people. Uh, and a lot of that is online nowadays with everything, with pandemic and online applications. But I guess it's just more than just a CV, which we'll talk about momentarily. It's yourself getting yourself as a person through more than just your experience actually yeah and and i think networking because people sometimes assume that networking needs to be you know you need to 
be on first name terms with directors of businesses, but really networking can just begin with your colleagues and your immediate circle of people that you work with. So I have said to people before, you know, from a store based perspective, let's say, for example, you know, networking might be a conversation that you've had with someone in another store or an area manager or someone in branch merchandising that you've had a conversation once with on the phone. So it's about everyone that you've come into contact with and then beyond that. Yeah. And, and it's surprising, actually, because you never think about networking with the person you see for a coffee for five minutes when you're in store or when you're in the office. But actually, they might know people that is really key to your next job. And it might be vice versa. And everyone's got a network of people they know. They just don't necessarily draw on it or they don't necessarily know that they have it. I'll call it a network because, again, network sounds like a really fancy way of describing yeah. who you've worked instead with. Of, instead of someone who you know who knows someone. Yeah. And it can be that simple sometimes. And one thing that we've learned is people move around. The, the market's incredibly fluid, and especially at the minute where people are there's a lot more people looking for various different reasons. So actually the benefits of building those relationships, you never know where someone is going to move to and you never know where their career path is going to take them and how that potentially could benefit you as well. So it is quite helpful. The, the place where, I mean, you know, 2021, the place where most people are growing the network, let's be honest, is, is LinkedIn because it's the platform that allows people yeah. to do it. LinkedIn's not a new concept. It's been around for a long time. But I think, especially when everything has had to be online and things like job fairs, networking events just aren't happening for obvious reasons, it's really important to learn how to grow your network on there. But what, do you want to just kind of go through LinkedIn a bit, Tim? Because that's an area that some people aren't as familiar with or it can be quite daunting. Yeah, and I think it can be quite daunting if you've never had one or you haven't set one up. And I guess there are some simple things that we can go through and first and foremost it, it is about your profile you know I would almost I, I treat LinkedIn as if it is an online CV with your qualifications you know put a picture on view because the, the psychology of having a, a face to a name is so important especially when you're making applications or when you're talking to people just seeing that but then of course it, it's adding people it's not I would say it's different from like Facebook or Instagram, you know, if you got a, a friend request and you didn't know them, you'd think to yourself, who's that? Whereas it's a lot different than LinkedIn. It's very much, oh, I see you work in uh, the retail uh, industry. Oh, fine. Well, I'm also a buyer, so let's connect. And so it, you shouldn't be afraid to reach out to people. And I think that's the starting point is to think, you know, how do I get zero connections to 100 and those key people? Yeah. And the way that LinkedIn works is, you know, the more people you connect in with that are obviously relevant, you then get to have access to their connections and then their connections and so on. So it's almost it's in your best interest to connect with people. But the the one thing that I would say, and I did put this on an article that I wrote on LinkedIn about expanding your network is just make sure that your connections are relevant. It's yeah. it's it's all good and well, even adding friends that, you know, that work in completely different areas. But I think those are the platforms for that. And, you know, you want to make sure that you're seeing content that's relevant to you, because ultimately, if you are job searching, you want to be the first to know about opportunities and you want to be able to link in with the people that are going to help you with these opportunities. And I think that's the next step is, of course, once you add people that are relevant, that are in your industry, it, it, you're, you've got a profile. But how do people start viewing your profile? Because that, that's how it works. It could be a great um page it could everything's going right but unless you start to 
comment on the people's uh, posts, share posts, or even create your own. You're not going to come up on the feed, so then people aren't going to click on you. So it, it, it can seem quite daunting at first. So I've definitely maybe start with just liking things that are in your industry or maybe even habits or hobbies that you agree with. Then commenting like thanks for sharing or really interesting. Once you have your profile and you, you've got everything set up like an online CV, the, the next important step is to get yourself out there. And so it, it does start by, yes, connecting with relevant people in your industry or the industry you want to go into, but then starting to like the things that you see the posts even comment um it seems funny like what what do you comment on something online but it can start off with simply really like really appreciate you posting uh, that poll really interesting or oh i see your point of view there and then of course once you get comfortable with doing that it's maybe posting and sharing your own stuff i've recently in the last couple of months started doing a lot more about psychology in the workplace and positive psychology because that that's my passion and obviously it does tie into recruitment but then of course people start to notice you people start to connect yourself with those comments and those ideas and that's the next big step to getting your profile up and starting networking is not just to be visible but also to start mingling in, in an online yeah. sense well i think look the old kind of media social media platforms they work on algorithms so it all you need to tell that computer you need to yeah. tell that that you know, that platform, what it is that you want to see. And it works really similar with hiring managers as well. You know, if they're, if you're sharing content and they're liking it, you know, you're going to then become more relevant. And I think what that then does is allows you to see opportunities, especially in this market that aren't going to be around for very long. We'll talk about applications in a little bit, but it is a case sometimes of putting a job on there. It might only be live there for a week. And before you know it, you've received 2000 applications. So how do you not miss out on those opportunities? And yeah. that's through the network that you can grow yourself. Of course, yeah. And it's how, how do you look different to everyone else? How is a, your CV going to be different to the thousands of other ones, even if your experience is relevant to the role and the others aren't? And then that's, of course, that's when you start to build an online profile because I don't know about you, Paul, but if I, if I have an application and you know I'm speaking to a candidate, one of the first things I do is look them up on LinkedIn. I don't know why. I think I always like, because I'm not meeting all my candidates face-to-face right now, I always like to put a name to a face. So I, I look them up. And of course, a lot of people um, who struggle with it, I give support on the phone when I first speak to them because it, it can be, I think it can be a, a breaker sometimes for mm. clients if they can't see you're the person behind the application. Yeah, I think it's just also about making sure that they're, it's a communication tool as well. So as a recruiter, you know, yeah, of course, I use LinkedIn as one of my advertising tools. So I know that people within my network and people who I am engaged with, you know, it's going to be seen by a relevant user and then obviously vice versa. You know, I'm yeah. the agent and they're seeing what I'm I'm recruiting for. So it's it's more of a way to make sure that you're in this online community that's relevant. Obviously, you've got direct message messaging via LinkedIn, which... It's, it's always something that we've been told to kind of avoid. And I think it's if you are making applications, there's going to be people who have a lot, you know, a lot of in-house agency recruiters that receive tons of um, direct messages. But actually, if you have that relationship there, then and you want to follow something up. I'm a really big advocate for dropping someone in a line directly. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think if you make an application, you think to yourself, you know what, I'm perfect for that role and I absolutely love the brand. Even if you don't know them, first connect with them and nothing wrong with sending a message. It might not even go through just saying a message saying, hi, 
Um, I know we've never spoken before, but I just applied for A, B, and C. I see that you're the hiring manager. Just want to let you know I'm a big fan of the brand. It sounds cheesy, but I know candidates who have gotten the position because the hiring manager's got 100 CVs here. She looks at LinkedIn and goes, oh, okay, I see Paul. Oh, oh yeah, here's Paul. And sometimes it is just that human element yeah. that puts you before other people. Let's move on and talk a little bit about CVs then, because this is really fresh in my mind because I've just wrote a post on LinkedIn about this oh, yesterday. Yeah. So I did, like, I did like and share it, don't worry. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm nice and rehearsed with this, but do you get asked a lot of questions about CVs? Yeah, and funny enough, I think I do now more than ever because there are, more, and the problem is between now and before the pandemic, there are more people looking new opportunities and there's more good people out of work um and so you have to compete and so beforehand it necessarily was okay for the cv not to be perfect as long as you had the experience whereas now you're competing with a thousand other people for for a role so it has to be tipped up as you're right well you are right and i think you know you get an application um and it's got you know 300 applicants and 100 of them are suitably qualified for the job so how how do you then make sure that you are shortlisted essentially or, or put to the top of the pile and i think the mistake that people have with their cv is just putting too much information on there yeah yeah and of course You've got to see, in, the, in an ideal world, I was, thinking, I was talking to a senior candidate about this the other day, in the ideal world, you would send a CV, the hiring manager would look at it for five minutes and go, oh, that's great. Oh, that's really, oh, perfect. It's not like that, unfortunately. It is not a perfect world. And so your profile needs to come across in less than 30 seconds mm-hmm. because that's the amount of time someone's going to be able to look at your CV. And so sometimes less is more. You know, the right information's on there. And also, you've got to remember, it's not necessarily about selling yourself and, and all your experience. That's the interview stage. The CV is almost the temptation behind, you know, I am right for this role. Mm. Please invite me in. As I mentioned um, yesterday on, on that post is people fall into the trap of listing their job role as opposed to their key achievements. And I, I, yeah. I actually had this conversation with so many people because the hiring manager is going to fully understand what it is that say a senior buyer does. So you don't need to tell them the day to day. Actually, what you need to tell them is where you've added value to that business and what personal achievements in that job role are going to make you stand out from the, I don't know, 300 other senior buyers that have also applied in who do the same day to day as you, but actually might not have the same impact or achievements as yourself. They're the points that really need to be on there. What do you think about, because the thing is with CVs, there's so many conflicting advice, so much conflicting advice. Because yeah, ultimately, it, it really is just, there's no right or wrong way to do it. But I'm very much a person where less is more. I want to see the facts because the interview and the initial phone call is about the interpersonal side of things, understanding the actual person. What do you mm. think about that? Yeah, and if, if you look at a CV and you see paragraphs and paragraphs of information, it's hard to pick out the key points. Whereas for me, I, I very much tell my candidates and support my candidates in CV writing. It, it is, you know, your key achievements, your job title. I wouldn't list anything past five to 10 years, especially if it's not relevant in the sector. And it is very much, okay, so if we had, you have your name, your title, your achievements, next 
next yeah. job title. And, and so it, it, it is very much about, you know, it would almost be like if you had, your CV was like a stage and you had to talk about your CV in 10 seconds, what points would you come across? And I'd almost treat a CV like that because you've got all the time and you can write and, you know, we always recommend two pages. It's not like that. It has to be, okay, how quick can I get the relevant points to the hiring manager in less than 25 seconds? Yeah. And I think the main things that I look for, and, and I'm sure you would do as well, is, you know, dates of employment, job title, businesses worked for. I want to see a form of progression in the moves. I'm not going to eliminate people because of it, because I, to be honest with you, I've actually picked up the phone and had conversation and the, the it shed a lot of light on some of the areas where the CV yeah. was lacking. But I think having this big paragraph of text around all your hobbies and interests and how you're personal and driven, you know, that's fantastic. You've progressed five times in the last year, like, sorry, the last 10 years. I'm sure you are probably quite interpersonal and, you know, driven. Yeah. so I think it's just dispelling quite a lot of the fluff out of it. Yeah. And I'm a fluff kind of guy, you know, I love hobbies. I love talking about all those miscellaneous things that make a person great. But unfortunately, that is definitely the interview stage where you start bringing out more of that personality to to the job process and why is everyone's hobbies exercising travel and <laughs> yeah, especially in the last year i mean i i've my, my hobbies as well <laughs> my hobbies as well but you know it just seems like everyone has those hobbies they're actually your hobbies whereas if i put cooking down as a hobby i i mean what one of the biggest lies you could ever put on a cv that's for sure yeah <laughs> It's, it's traveling as well. And I ask where they've traveled to and they go, yeah, I've been to London once or twice. And I go, okay, cool, great. <laughs> One of the things that I, I mentioned yesterday, and I, I feel like we spoke about this before in the office, you get a great CV. There's no contact details on there. Oh. That, that, that actually happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk about singing Hello Darkness, my old friend. And it <laughs> is very frustrating because, of course, you're like, oh, my goodness, I can help you. You can help me. And then you spend half an hour maybe like going online, typing in their name, trying to find it. And, and so it is really important. Telephone, email. If you've got, if you want to do a home telephone, fine, but a mobile's got to be a, 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 a must. Yeah. And even a link to your LinkedIn profile, again, going back to what we were saying before, because it yeah. is that most people are using. And actually, if you don't want to put as much information on your CV and you want to get the core experience, feel free to put the link to your LinkedIn because then obviously there's images on there. You can actually get recommendations. They can You can be referred, um, endorsed for certain skills. So, you Great know, point. Yeah. integrate it, treat it like that. Because as Tim said, that's the first thing that I look at. Maybe it's just yeah. out of habit. I always try and find someone on LinkedIn to see if we're connected, first of all. So, it really does help. Just to summarize, it's short and sweet. Think that the hiring manager's only got 30 seconds to read everything they need before making a decision. Um, I love the idea about LinkedIn. And I think it is just literally, it has to be a, if, you, if you're a store, then that is the shop window. Yeah. You're not selling all the products inside. You're just tempting someone to see or hear more. But I also think don't overthink it because a lot of people that I speak to don't have as much confidence in their CV, but they've got fantastic experience. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it, I, and, and, you know, there is there is companies that will charge you quite a bit of money to rewrite your CV. And I do have people who send me various different copies of their CV, which is always great. Happy, happy to look at that, but just have a bit more confidence in your experience. Yeah, Usually if I a recruiter's agree. on the phone, then you've got a good CV because they wouldn't have called. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think that's very true. So with applications, this is, it's more of a conversation, I think, around the application process, how it's changed. And I know for a lot of people who perhaps have been with the business, their previous employer for a long time, the process of making it a job application is, is, is a whole new world. And yeah. I've been changes in the last 12 months. I think applications is really hard because there are, every company has their own uh, level of applications. There's some that I see on, on LinkedIn, which is easy apply. There's some where you have to do a cover letter. There's ones where you have to do a cover letter CV and then they ask you 10 questions that you probably definitely put in your CV, but you have to copy and paste it or think of something new and original. And so, because there's no set standard, it is hard. Saying this to someone earlier, well, before you even start applying to jobs, I actually write down and I go through my candidates, okay, what are you looking for? What is the, talk to me about three things that you look for in a, in a company, three things that you look for in a job role. Because what you want to do by the end of that writing down process and creative thinking, so, okay, I really want A, B, and C in a brand, and I really want do this in my job role. Even if you're a buyer going for a senior buyer role or, or anything like that, it's important to know before you start applying and sending your CV everywhere what you actually want to do. Bulk applying, you know, because the whole the whole idea of online applications and all of these processes is, is actually to make the application a lot easier for people. But then the flip side of that is that when somebody is job searching, people can get quite lazy with the search. What I mean by that is one click apply, one click apply. When you are unfortunately rejected for these positions because perhaps you haven't read the job description fully or it just hasn't really been a considered application, that can have quite a detrimental effect on your motivation for the actual search. Because you know you make 100 applications over a weekend of panic and then wake up on Monday morning and then you've received 99 rejects. It doesn't mean that you're not right. It just probably means that you haven't gone through the application process properly. Or you're not applying to the right things that are right for you you're right for them and what i would say with that is create application like a new one i know it can be a bit daunting and a bit tiring sometimes but you know it's simple things for instance if you have if you need a cover letter and you've got a cover letter every time you apply for a role it mention why you're interested in, in the employer you know what is some news that you've heard recently that you really like and list why you would be right and you can tell between a CV, um, an application that has been very specific to the brand um, and one that has just been sent a hundred times and and you can tell and it does make a big difference. Cover letters, there's a little bit of controversy over cover letters because some businesses think they're really old-fashioned, they're obsolete, whereas other businesses like to use them. You've just got to adapt, adapt to whatever that application process is. I know that some businesses like cover letters for purely for the fact that it's more of a considered application if i'm honest with you i'm not really a fan of the whole one click apply because it's too easy and yeah you know i'm thinking about the volume of applications that we receive through our adverts you know there are certain candidates who you would come in to work on a morning and you would see that that candidate's not only applied to one position but they've actually applied to every position that you've recruit that you're recruiting for and sometimes up to about 20 times yeah. so be more considered with that it can be quite frustrating because again the whole human element has been taken out of it and i know a lot of people do feel quite rejected i guess is the the right word when they haven't had any contact with somebody within that organization Mm -hmm. and they've received an automatically generated 
email but that's really where you can try and reach out within your network for additional feedback not necessarily saying you're going to get it because there's a lot of volume on these applications rejection's hard i mean no one's saying job searching is easy because unfortunately it's not and what i would say is especially if you're actively looking and you're job searching all day every day is to make sure you do have a break and you do have kind of a work-life balance even if you're not necessarily at work What I would say to the rejections is make sure you are applying for the right roles because there'd be about a million roles that I'd get rejected for right now if I tried to apply because I'm not relevant. And so it has to be something that's right for you and you're right for them. When it comes to, if you're getting rejections and you think to yourself, I am definitely right for that role, I don't understand why. Take a step back and figure out why. Look at your cover letter, look at your CV. Is it brief and specific enough? Is it the fact that your LinkedIn isn't as updated as it could be? Uh, and sometimes those things do make factor. And unfortunately, sometimes it, it is hard and sometimes it's not fair. And that's, 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 that's what it is. Yeah. And I think where there's a lot of people, unfortunately, looking at the moment for various different reasons, you know, companies have the luxury of being more selective because there yeah. are so many people looking one key area that people can be quite picky on is you know if it's a buying role is a specific category or perhaps if it's a, a i don't know a fashion retailer you know they want someone who's come from a like for like background so don't necessarily be too don't just go on job title alone because actually you know are you a cosmetics buyer well no i'm a homeware buyer and i do understand the frustration that actually in theory you should be able to buy any product and you should be yeah. able to do the job and you probably can. But, the you know, if you're a hiring manager, and you have four people who've got the cosmetics buying experience and you've got someone who is slightly different. Unfortunately, they're more likely to play safer bet and go with someone who's done it before because they're able to do that. Of course, when the homeware buying role comes up, you're going to be the shoe in. And, and so it is important to remember that. Yeah. And I think it's it's a market that's really tricky as well for what we could hear quite a lot with transferable skills. So, you know, it's, HR is quite a common area that I think people want to get involved with. And yeah. it is, you can tweak your CV, but it's quite difficult when you are applying into a HR business partner or even an advisor role, but your background is more store-based operations. It's very difficult to get that point across. So either you explore options internally where you currently are, or if that's not an option for you, I would use your network and have initial conversations with people as opposed to just firing off applications because it will answer a lot of the questions that people will have. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes, and I think both clients and candidates could do with stepping into each other's shoes. And for the client point of view, it's very much, if it was your job was to get the best people for the business and you see 10 CVs and five of them for HR advisors, previous experience and five are great store managers who could probably do the role and have had loads of HR qualifications and skills, you're going to pick the ones who've got experience because that's their job. Vice versa, clients, you know, and I, I do feel for the clients as well because I know what it's like to have thousands of applications and it can be hard, quite hard to say, actually, you're not right. And so I think sometimes we do need to remember that behind every CV is a human being without sounding too cheesy. And so just to be careful with that as well in terms of just making sure that things are right. Yeah. But I think the areas that we've covered today, it really is a three pronged approach. Effectively, they're all doing the same thing. So with your network, that's just more of a generic way to connect, see relevant information, 
understand who these hiring managers are, make yourself a little bit more visible in front of a relevant audience. Obviously, the CV is what it says on the tin. Um, I think everyone knows what a CV is, but some of the best practice around actually how does somebody who receives that CV get the right information from it? And how are you selling yourself in a concise way, essentially? And then the application process would be, I mean, there's lots of different application processes, but just being more considered with that. And I think making a note of what you've applied to, I think you mentioned that, didn't you? Yeah, and I think that is important, A, for your mental well-being, but B, just to help you map out the current job market. You know, if you applied for that role already and you've had feedback, okay, what's the next? Okay, what's the next? Otherwise, um, you know, I speak to candidates and I ask what they've applied for and they go, I don't know, but I think I've applied to everything. And you're like, okay, well, how can you help yourself from there if you, that's, that's the mentality and the thought process behind it? It can sometimes you're in danger of making it a false economy because actually a productive afternoon, if you say, well, I apply to 50 vacancies, it doesn't necessarily mean it's more productive. If anything, you're probably creating more work for yourself. You're much better yeah. applying to five things that you know you're going to you've got a connection awesome. in there or maybe you've networked with somebody and you know someone in that business um because if you look at conversion from application to interview nobody wants to wake up to 49 rejects but if it's more considered you might get five in four invites off five applications yeah 100 percent, and I, I think that is important to know use your time productively but sometimes they might they just might not be the right vacancy on the market for you i think people forget that yeah, and of course, when it comes to applications, we look at applications as just sending a C through through, but applications can be networking. Applications can be strengthening CD. So the more you do networking and the more you tune your CV to the job role, the more successful your application is going to be, and it's all tied in. You've been listening to RHR Talks. In order to keep updated on future episodes, make sure to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The best way to be kept up to date on vacancies and content would be to follow RHR on LinkedIn and register via our website at www.rhr.co.uk. If you're looking to hire and are interested in finding out more about all of the recruitment and advertising services we offer, then do reach out directly to any of our consultants or call 0207 432 